Amen. Praise God. It's, I'm not going to put him on the spot and have him say anything, but it's a, I'm honored to have my dear friend and brother John Wiltsey with us tonight. All the way from Stahican. So he pastors there in that great community. And uh, we are honored, and I mean that in every possible way you can mean that word. We are honored to call them friend and brother. Love him and his wife, Patty, we'll see very much, and their daughters and their little boy. Well, he's not little anymore, but amen. Beth and Sarah and John Mark, precious, precious people. And we're glad to have them with us tonight. Amen. Um, how's everybody doing? Everybody doing all right? Good. I'm, I'm going to call on some people tonight. I know that always makes you guys nervous, cause, especially because I didn't talk to anybody beforehand. And so uh, I'm just waiting with you. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to ask Sister Jasmine Gomez to come and uh, take a couple minutes. And she can tell you how beautiful you are. She may exhort from the word. She may have a testimony. I don't know, but I'm going to ask her to come take a minute. Did you open your spirit? See what the Lord will do? <laughs> well, praise God. He's good. Sorry, just a moment. I just want to share a scripture with you guys tonight. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Sorry, I'm kind of a mess. This, I don't think this thing's big enough for me. Actually, I'm going to start in chapter 12. Verse. I'll do, I'll start verse 6. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When I first when I first read that, I didn't understand. I was like, Well, you know, how 
how can, in my weakness, God's strength be made perfect? And the reason that I didn't understand that was because my idea of being strong is I don't feel broken. I don't hurt, you know. I'm okay. Sorry if I get emotional. Just This means a lot to me. Um, but I don't feel broken. You know, I'm not hurting. I can hold it together. That's my idea of what strength looks like. And so when I read this, I was like, God, how is that? You know, how does that, how does that work? And I continued to read, and I got to chapter 13, because that's what happens when you keep reading. <laughs> uh, um, and I'll just start with verse 1. Uh, this is the third time I am coming to you. This is Paul speaking. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time and being absent now, I write to them which herefore have sinned and to all other that if I come again, I will not spare. Verse three, since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him. But we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. So what he's saying right here, um, I'm going to draw attention to verse 4 when he says, For though he was crucified through weakness, my God's not weak. You know, and we know that God was robed in the flesh and came down to earth. That's Jesus, right? And so when I read that, I'm like, my God's not weak. So how is that? Well, Jesus... The mortal body, his flesh, suffered the death for us. He was crucified, right? So when he says, for though he was crucified through weakness, his flesh, the weakness of the flesh, and that's us, right? Yet he liveth by the power of God, which is the spirit of the living God within him. Because we know that he was raised three days later. Our God lives. Um, for we also are weak in him. But we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. So when I read this, that, that second part where it says we also are weak in him, we identify with the crucifixion of Christ by the dying of our flesh. And so I want to draw your attention back to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's look at verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. He's saying that, no, actually, I want to, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. The messenger of Satan to buffet me. That word buffet right there, it means to, to be beaten to be beaten down. And this is where God really spoke to me. And I was in awe. Because the only other words that are relatable to this word right here. That are used in the same context in the same manner. Are when they talk about crucifying Christ. And so I don't know if, if you're making that connection there. But when, when God showed that to me. I was like wow. You know because Paul sought God. There was, there was, a, there was an affliction that came to him. That he suffered continually. And, it, and I imagine that it bothered him. That it hurt, you know. And that, 
he didn't know what to do but to seek God and to ask for it to be removed. And, and he says that he sought God three times. You know, God, take this. Take this, God, this affliction, this circumstance, Lord, what I'm feeling right now. I'm asking you to take it, Lord, because I can't do it. I'm not sufficient. And I imagine that he came to him that way because I can identify with that. And when he says that, when he says that there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. That's how we can identify with the crucifixion of Christ. There will, there will be things that come intentionally in, intentionally in our lives, these afflictions, these circumstances, these pains that come, and they allow us, they enable us to be crucified with Christ. Because if these things don't come, I'm not made weak. I'm not made weak. I can't, I can't come to God and humble myself under the mighty hand of God and say, Lord, I'm not sufficient I cannot do this. And God is showing me that. He's showing me that in order for me to, to be made to that strength to be made perfect, the strength that he gives that is perfect, because my strength looks like, okay, it's a pep talk, you know? God, oh, I can do this. I got this, you know? Ten minutes later, I'm a mess because we are a mess. We're human, that's, it's what happens. We can't do it in our own strength. I can't talk myself into having peace that surpasses understanding. And I can't give myself a pep talk into having strength. And I can't, I can't do these things because I'm human. But these afflictions, this thorn in the flesh, these things come because they enable us. They enable us to be crucified and to identify with the crucifixion of Christ. So like this, like in... 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, when he says, But we shall, for we also are weak in him. That's the weakness of the flesh. Like Jesus, when his flesh took on the death. Our flesh takes on the death, right? Our flesh takes on the death. For we are also weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. When this flesh identifies with his crucifixion and I made weak in him the flesh the spirit of the living God that is within us if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost when this flesh dies just as Jesus that's what he that's what they're saying but we also shall live with him by the power of God towards you when this this flesh is crucified by the afflictions of life and different things that come the spirit of the living God has to rise up and live through us because he it's like Nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, what is it? Yes. Um, when he says, how does that start? I have the scripture, I promise. Oh, he says, nevertheless, he's saying, nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But, yeah, where, I just, I'm so sorry. He says, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. If Christ, if this flesh is being crucified and Christ is living in me, he has to live through me. He has to live through me. The power of Christ is alive in me, so he's living through me. I can go forth, and I will have that strength because it's through me. It's through me. I'll go to my workplace, and the Spirit of God will flow, and it'll touch lives, and I can speak the living word of God that he desires because he's alive in me, and it's therefore through me. 
I just want you guys to hear tonight that I don't know what's going on in your life and I don't know what has you feeling down or, or broken or insufficient, but by the power of God, you can be crucified with him. And it's when you get to that point where you're like, God, I recognize, I humble myself. I cannot do this, Lord. I am not sufficient. My strength is not enough, God. What I have, it's not enough, God. But you are able, Father. You are able to be alive in me and therefore through me. And that's how the work of the Spirit of God prevails in our lives. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's all I have. I say this every time I come up here. I always have something. I'm like, ooh, I can share that. And then when he calls on me, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I forgot. But, um, so I'll just testify. Um, God is good. Um, I'm thankful for his many blessings, of course. Um, and um, I guess just this, the things that have, you know, happened that we know of this week, um, you know, even celebrities and local and, you know, just so much pain. And, um, and you know, some, you know, we may know, but others... We don't know the condition of their spirit. We don't know the situation in their life. But um, I would just thought this week, you know, I've heard my kids pray in their rooms or um, different things. And I'm like, that verse I have, a, um, it printed that um, I have no greater joy than to know that my children, it's probably not exactly how it goes, but no greater joy than my children walk in truth. And um, I've thought of that this week, like, thank you, Lord, for the... Um, for that my children are here, that my children walk in truth, that they know you, and um, there's nothing greater than that. Amen. Would you pray with me again right there where you are? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let his word settle in our spirit. Jesus, in your name. Your wisdom is far above ours. Your thoughts are high above our thoughts. Your ways are far above our ways. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. The... Scripture calls the Holy Ghost the Spirit of Grace. The Spirit of Grace. And the things that Sister Jasmine was talking about tonight, um, our human nature, we like to appear... I can't speak for you. We like, I like to appear. Okay, I've, I've got it together. I, I don't know anybody that likes to appear like they have nothing together. Right? Anybody, anybody enjoy that? Oh, man, I'm just walking chaos. 
I mean, I know some people like that, but I'm not, right? Um, and as children of God, sometimes that pressure to not appear weak is even greater on children of God. Does that make sense? It's like, well, man, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not supposed to, you know, great. Now I'm going to go to church on Sunday and somebody's going to preach about joy. And I'm trying to find out. It feels that way sometimes, doesn't it? And I, I, I don't think children of God should be walking around like, oh, and I'm under this dark cloud over me, right? We need to find the joy of the Lord. It's our strength. It's our strength. this process of crucifixion I don't care how you slice it there's not an easy way to be crucified understand that tonight there's no easy way there's no comfortable way to be crucified we live in a day and a time when our world is the, the, the church world in a broad sense. And I, I don't say this like we're better than any. Please don't misunderstand that statement tonight. But I mean across churchdom as a whole, even, even in apostolic Pentecostal ranks, there are those who are looking for an easy crucifixion. And... You can't be crucified without the cross. You got to go through the cross. We understand that. The only way is the way of the cross. Jesus said, take up your and follow me. You ever heard someone say, I'm just carrying my cross. It's my cross to bear. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah, yeah. And some of you have heard me say this before. I'm like, well, how long are you going to carry the thing? Right? And the reality is, if we're not careful, the Lord's trying to take us somewhere. He has a plan for our life. He has design. He wants the glory and power of God to rest on each of our lives individually and collectively. That's what Sister Jasmine read. It's the design and the desire of God that His power and His glory would rest upon us, work through us, that He would be magnified. Now, He's not, the scripture is very clear no flesh will glory in His presence. Scripture is also very clear my glory I will not share. With another. So hold on a minute. No flesh glorying in his presence. His glory he won't share with another. But you're saying that the glory of God wants to rest on us. Ah. There's only one way that the glory of God can rest on us. We have to be crucified. Because then the Lord knows. I won't seek to take the credit for the glory of God that's manifesting itself through my life. 
you know, there was something Jesus couldn't do besides lie. He couldn't crucify himself. He couldn't crucify himself. He knew this. This is why when the Roman soldiers were pounding nails in his hands and feet, and when he's hanging there looking at those that had done it, he's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But he understood what they were doing was fulfilling the will of God in his life. The very ones who were bringing him pain. Somebody needs to get this right here. The very ones who were bringing them pain were fulfilling the purpose of God in his life. Now, please don't misunderstand that statement and say, oh, I I need to stay in a painful situation and let them inflict pain. You understand what I'm talking about tonight, right? That coworker that's on your last nerve every day. And you're like, I just got to find another job. Oh, yeah, that's easier than dealing with the cross. That bank account that doesn't quite meet it some days. Sometimes those are things that, am I good? Oh, I got to get another job. I got to, I will look for how can I solve things in my humanity. And it's a circumventing at times of the cross. And the Lord is bringing us to a place. He's bringing. This is the love of God. That's what we have to understand. It's the love of God that brings us to a cross. But you know what the enemy does? The enemy says, you've messed up and that's why this is happening. And so we give, our, we give in to condemnation rather than having a life of prayer and time in the Word and recognizing, hold on a minute, God is ordering my steps, and I don't know what's going on here, but i got peace in the midst of all this, and so I'm just going to trust whatever He's doing as much as I don't like it. As much as I don't like it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to embrace it. I can tell you there's been times in my life where the Lord has taken me to a place of dying. I I believe dying to our flesh is a continual process. Paul said, I die daily. I I don't necessarily think that he was saying, every day I'm completely dead. And so I start again tomorrow and I'm completely dead. And I start again tomorrow and I, I, I believe he got to that point. But I believe part of him saying, I die daily, is the Lord deals with me in an area. He's like, oh. And so he keeps bringing stuff that deals with that area until that area is dead. And now I'm dead to that area in my life. And he says, you know what? 
we're making progress here. I got this other area I see in your life. We're going to start working to crucify that. I don't know many individuals that he crucifies completely in every aspect and every area of their life all at once. I, I don't. Maybe some, maybe he does. For me, and I'm not saying he can't. You understand. It's just been my experience in my walk with God and in my life that he's had to crucify these areas in my life. I won't walk through the stories tonight. Many of you have heard the stories of things we went through financially for almost four years or three years and then took a while. to. But the Lord was crucifying some things. You know, he was crucifying self-dependency. I had made it on my own. I had proved I could be successful. He said, well, let's just see about that. Let's see where your trust lies. He crucified that area in my life. It was painful. It was humbling. It, it was breaking, Sister Jasmine. You've heard me talk about the battle I've dealt with in my mind that I went through for four years and the bombardment of my mind and wonder, man, am I losing it? What's going on? Am I crazy? I, I'm up, down, sideways. And then I look back and I, the Lord was like, oh, you had all this intellect. I had to get all that crucified. The Lord takes us through things to crucify areas of our lives. Why? Because he's trying to hurt us. He wants to use us. He wants to use us. But he can't use us in our flesh. And so we must go the way of the cross. Now, I, you pray how the Lord leads you to pray. I don't find myself too often saying, Lord, send me a cross. I usually pray, Lord, I'm laying my life on the altar. Help me to stay here and let your will be done. I trust you, Lord, to bring the circumstances that are needful to crucify this carnal man. But if you keep reading where Sister Jasmine started there in 2 Corinthians, you find that Paul got to a place after he heard from the Lord, my grace is sufficient. It's enough. If your circumstances never change, the grace of God is enough. If what you hope changes never changes, the grace of God is enough to keep you, to carry you, to direct you. But you read further... And Paul said he had that revelation. And he said, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities. I may not have those in the right order. But he understood they served a purpose. He said that the power of God may rest on me. It may rest on me. Praise God. Could we stand together tonight? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, lead us the way of the cross. We desire your spirit. 
and word to live and work and operate in our lives, not the way we want it to, but the way you want it to, Father. And you know exactly the plans you have for us, individually and collectively. So we submit ourselves to you, to your word, and to your process. We submit ourselves to the cross. We submit ourselves to the wisdom and the mercies of God. We submit ourselves, Father. We humble ourselves before you, O God. We humble ourselves at your process. We trust your wisdom. We trust your ways. We trust your directing of our lives, O Lord. And we submit ourselves to you, O God. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for reaching to us where we are, giving understanding, Father, of things we may be facing and dealing with, granting us your perspective. Your grace is sufficient, Father. It's enough. It's enough for me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? I want a fresh revelation of His grace. Because grace is not weak and warm and fuzzy. Grace is strong and mighty and powerful. Grace enables us to do what we cannot do ourselves. That's what grace does. How am I going to go through this? And I can't. But grace enables us. And people say, man, how'd you do that? Uh, I'm just tough. Careful. Yeah, the grace of God. Be careful. We can be casual about that. Right? Man, I made it through by the grace of God. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Realize what you're saying there. The grace of God enabled you to get through, enabled me to make it through that process. Amen. God bless you. Would you greet somebody today? You're dismissed in Jesus' name.